the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends, and thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. As I mentioned last time, the month of November for us in America traditionally holds two important dates, Thanksgiving, celebrated on the fourth Thursday, and the launching of the Advent or Christmas season, generally commencing on the last Sunday in November. And in today's session, we'll continue and complete our look at the blending of Thanksgiving and love under the heading Thanksgiving. Giving and love have kissed each other. Part 2. Friends, last time I mentioned a Bible college professor that especially impacted the way I read and interpreted Scripture. And I must add how thankful I am for those pastors and teachers who discipled and mentored me during my spiritually formative years back in those days, men and women of God who were committed to communicating the Bible with accuracy and genuine care. From all of them, I gained a deep respect and love for God's Word. And now, on a word from the Word, I have the wonderful privilege of passing on to you what I've learned over the years. Well, in today's session, I'd like to pick up where we left off last time and embellish on our look at biblical love. Because as Christians, we all too often equate or confuse human love with biblical love. And friends, that can be a dangerous comparison to make. I speak from experience over the last 30 years of ministry that I've learned the difference between loving with my human capacity alone versus loving with the capacity that the Holy Spirit supplies to me. According to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, the human gas tank certainly empties out pretty quickly, doesn't it? I've found myself running on fumes many times. But you already knew that, didn't you? You've already been there as well. Done that, right? So, this four-letter English word, love, is second nature to us, isn't it? We use it almost every day. Some of us probably do use it every day. You see, friends, the Bible has a story to tell us about love, doesn't it? In fact, it's crying out. Actually, it's screaming out to tell us its story. But what do we teachers, preachers, pastors, and even average Christians often do? We make even four 
the Bible to tell our story. And to this I will say, shame on us. So our Bible has a story to tell us about love, doesn't it? And we're pretty fortunate, aren't we, to have the Bible in English. And reading it in English, it's still a powerful book, isn't it? Well, I'm here to tell you, friends, that just digging a little deeper beneath the surface and unearthing the Bible's original languages, we'll find that our English translations come alive in ways we'd never expect. Let's just take our single English word, love. Last time I mentioned several ways we often use it. How about these ways? I love hot dogs, especially with sauerkraut and spicy brown mustard. Haven't we all said, I love my car, or I love my wife or husband, or even I love my pet? How about I love my sister or brother, or I love my dad or mom? Some of us may even have the benefit of saying, I love my job. How about I love my church? How about I love God? Pretty wide range of meanings here, right? Well, friends, the beauty of God's Word is that embedded beneath the surface of our English translations are the languages God originally gave His Word to us in, the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek languages. And in my opinion, it's a great day for us Christ followers when we have the curiosity and develop or cultivate a desire to investigate these languages a little more. We can then appreciate the shades of meaning behind the words we read and be confident we're telling the right story. In other words, the Bible's story and not our own story, which may be influenced by our prejudices, both human and religious, our preconceived ideas or even modern ideas we force back on the text when we should be drawing out from the text what it actually meant in its original setting. Now, I know, friends, that this may take a little extra work, but isn't God's word, isn't God's word deserving of this level of respect, this level of devotion to truth, this level of protecting his word from charlatans or false teachers? It's certainly interesting to note that Paul speaks for all the apostles when he says in 2 Corinthians 2.17, You see, we are not like the many hucksters or peddlers who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Now, friends, here's an interesting fact. When we investigate just a little this word peddlers or hucksters, we discover that the first century setting referred to unscrupulous merchants who were peddling their wares for a fast buck. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul's drawing a spiritual parallel to spiritual peddlers who are ministry marketers, marketing the word of God for fast gain, spiritual retailers, if you will, who do slick marketing for sordid or dishonorable gain, corrupting and adulterating the word of God. Well, that little exercise was pretty cool, wasn't it? And fun. Imagine combing through the Word of God and learning all these little tidbits about words and concepts that enrich our understanding of the Word of God we hold in our hands. And this is precisely what we're doing in these two sessions, friends. Last time and today, we're taking a little deeper look at our word love in both the Old and New Testament. Let's build on and unearth the riches of the Hebrew 
Hebrew word for love. That's a pretty awesome word, which I introduced last time. In fact, this phenomenal word, chesed, is actually one of several Hebrew words for love. But for me, it's the one that packs the biggest punch, probably because it describes God himself. Recall I said this word is sprinkled throughout the Hebrew scriptures, our Old Testament, from Genesis to Zechariah, nearly 250 times. And believe it or not, over half of these, 127, appear in the Psalms, the quintessential Psalm being Psalm 136, where in its 26 verses, the phrase, His love endures forever, appears 26 times. God's love endures forever. His chesed love endures forever. Psalm 136 begins, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. In other words, his chesed love endures forever. Since November triggers the Thanksgiving season, this is a great psalm to read and meditate on in November. Chesed. Perhaps you're sharing your drive time with me right now, or maybe you're listening on one of your mobile devices, or even to the podcast. Well, friends, I want to help us all picture this word. The English spelling that helps us pronounce this word is C-H-E-S-E-D. Almost like cheese with a D on the end, but the C-H is a softer sound, so chesed, kind of like K-H-E-S-E-D, with a soft K. Many Bible scholars have often complained that this magnificent Hebrew word is difficult to translate into English simply because there is no direct equivalent in the English language. So let's explore the richness of this word together, okay? Here we go. Chesed actually carries with it these words and ideas, kindness, kind love, or loving kindness, mercy, favor, or grace, goodness, benevolence, compassion, devotion, generosity, as in generous love or loving generously, unchanging love, faithful love in action, loyal love, stop, Pastor Tom, no more, covenant love, steadfast love, committed love, unfailing love, devoted love, extending love when it's not deserved, ouch, gracious or graceful love, tenderness. Need I say more? Now, in our English Bibles, these words may be camouflaged due to all the contexts they appear in and the synonyms used to describe them. I don't know about you, but just hearing that list makes me want to blurt out, I can't possibly live up to that kind of love. No way can I meet the standard of loving. And you know what, friends? We'd be correct. With man, this would be impossible, but with God, it is possible. From a purely human vantage point and with only human resources, we will fail miserably every time. But thanks be to God for his divine resources that give us divine assistance. Friends, take courage in the words of Peter in Second Peter 1, three. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 
Some ten words in my abbreviated list I mentioned above are employed by the King James translators in the 1611 King James Bible, but even they recognized that it took up to 25 English words just to attempt to adequately communicate the meaning of this rich and all-encompassing word, chesed. Taken together, the scripture references that broadcast this incredible word help us see that chesed is both an attribute of God and what he desires we express and live out before him and before others. If you're saying, wow, right now, so am I, friends. Listen to the prophet Micah in one of the well-known verses from his book, Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O man, or O woman, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to do justly, love mercy, here's our word, yes said, and to walk humbly with your God. Hmm, to love mercy, to love chesed. A very interesting combination of two words here, literally to love, love, using two different Hebrew words for love. The first one has been coined by the New American Standard Concordance as including the idea of being lovesick. It's almost as if Micah was telling us to become lovesick for love, lovesick for God's love. Lovesick for chesed. Phew! Let's wrap our mind around that for a moment. The depth of the meaning of this awesome word, chesed, is seen throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament, as representing God's undying covenantal love relationship with his chosen people, and more specifically, to particular key people whom he makes certain promises. So, friends, this tells me that the gospel of Jesus Christ can in no way be an invention of twelve men, Rather, it's the purest manifestation of God's steadfast, merciful, compassionate love to all those who are willing and courageous enough to put their trust in him. Now, to say totally truthful and honest, I need to let you know that a secondary meaning of chesed is reproach, but better understood as meaning discipline. But because of the first and most prominent meaning is all of those synonyms for love, mercy. We must be careful to realize that even God's disciplinary measures are rooted and centered in his great love. Let's listen to a tremendous portion of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these forty years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you'd keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know then in your heart that as man disciplines his son, 
So the Lord your God disciplines you. Then a little later in chapter 8 we read, He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, My power and strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as is today. If you forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. And finally, friends, notice how the New Testament picks up on the disciplinary love of God. As the writer of Hebrews reminds us in chapter 12, verses 5 through 7, have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. And here the Hebrew writer quotes from Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. Well, friends, if you tuned in late, you're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. And let me just take a moment and let you know how valuable you are as listeners to this program. A Word from the Word is 100% listener-supported. This month is our three-year anniversary being birthed in the USA in Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks to listeners and supporters like you, we survived the height of the COVID pandemic. Your financial partnership is essential to keep this program on the air discipling many Christians who lack a church home or those who've been wounded by the institutional church. You can join forces with A Word from the Word by emailing me at awordfromtheword at minister.com for support details. I'll repeat this info at the end of the broadcast. Well, back to chesed. In the Jewish religious community, this word and concept is valued by all Jewish denominations. On its own, it's considered a virtue. And in the Jewish mind, chesed is at the foundation of repairing the world from the fall. One Jewish rabbi of old taught, the world rests upon three things, God's law, service to God, and bestowing kindness. Another rabbi claimed that the law of God begins with chesed and ends with chesed. These early rabbis understood that the law of Moses is characterized by chesed love, and they further understood that God set forth a vision of the ideal life whose goals and behaviors are characterized by mercy and compassion, characterized by chesed. Friends, this beautiful and all-encompassing word and concept, I believe, is summarized in, portrayed by, and captured in the life and ministry of Jesus, God, Yahweh in the flesh. The gospel writer Matthew says it best in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when he... Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Friends, the quintessential questions these texts and concepts force us to ask ourselves are these. First, where are we in our measure of the chesed love of God? Second, are we growing more and more in God's chesed love as the scriptures urge us? Third, can we honestly say that at the end of the year's approach, we are loving God and loving our neighbors more than we did last year? Ouch, that stings a bit, doesn't it? And fourth, can we point to our love for God and love for others and be thankful that we have grown in this kind of love? Friends, if I were to rehearse for us that amazing list of words I mentioned near the beginning that describe the chesed love of God and the chesed he desires for us to have and give out, you know, more kindness, more mercy, more love, more grace, more compassion, more devotion, more faithfulness, etc., etc., and so forth, how might we score ourselves? This is not meant to sound like a legalistic scorecard. I'm going to borrow a verse from last time that actually encourages us to press on. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 are Paul's exhortation to us all. Read these verses often. Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. For indeed you do practice it towards all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, excel still more. Friends, meeting the expectation of this kind of love can certainly be overwhelming, can't it? But we have to remember that we are not the source of God's love. We are the channels for God's love. We are not the manufacturers of God's love here. We are the distributors of his love. In fact, Jesus went so far as to commission us to engage in what I now call love evangelism. One tremendous sentence in John 15:35, after Jesus tells his disciples, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. He then says, By this, in other words, this agape love, this incredible Greek equivalent word to the Hebrew chesed, as we saw last time, by this kind of love, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Wow, friends, just glance at what's happening in the evangelical church today. We get our nose tweaked out of joint because some offense done to us, and in anger or frustration, we hightail it out of our local church, only to bring our offense to the next church we attach ourselves to, never having dealt with the matter as scripture mandates. To this I say, shame on us. We've just blown our love witness to the world around us. Friends, it's pretty amazing how many times the New Testament letters implore us to not only excel still more in loving others, but even in prayers for the local churches we find appeals to God to help us grow or mature in love or be commended for demonstrating God's love. For example... In Ephesians 1.15 and following, we read, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Notice the correlation between love and thankfulness. Friends, I encourage you to read the full portion here, Ephesians 1.15-23. through 23. Then there's Paul's prayer in Philippians 1, beginning at verse 9. 
And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. How about Paul's prayer in Colossians 1, beginning at verse 9? Since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Notice, friends, God's kingdom is a kingdom of love. Is that what we communicate? I wonder. Friends, imagine if you had a Christian friend who prayed one of these prayers over you each time you got together to fellowship, or you prayed one of these prayers over them. What might your lives be like now? How might God be using you? Well, in accordance with our two-session title, Thanksgiving and Love Have Kissed Each Other, how about it, friends? In your life and Christian influence, can you say that Thanksgiving and love have kissed each other? If you can say amen, then I'll say amen. Well, friends, we're nearing the end of today's program, which will close out with an email where you may write me. Also, as promised, this email is where you can inquire about financially helping to keep a word from the word on the air. Thanks to those of you who have already become financial underwriters of A Word from the Word. Your support is appreciated. I love coming alongside many of you who do not have a church home or who have been wounded by the institutional church. You can freely access all the podcasts of these programs at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for a local program podcast, then scroll to a word from the word. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.